Well, good morning, Grace Church. So as Pastor Vern just said, my name is Andrew McHenry. I'm the executive director of FREE. And FREE stands for Freedom and Restoration for Everyone Enslaved. We are a local uh, nonprofit, a local ministry here uh, in Berks County uh, that does anti-human trafficking work. And our mission is to provide restorative care to sexually exploited women and to break the cycle of commercial sexual exploitation through prayer and community awareness. And in that mission statement uh, is our three key pillars, um, restorative care, prayer, and community awareness. And I wanna, um, before we get more into um, the equipping or the message, I just wanted to break down those pillars a little bit for you so you can understand us a little bit better. Um, so Free has been a nonprofit since 2012. And um, we started out, I'm gonna start from the bottom and work my way up with those pillars. So community awareness, we were founded on community awareness. So educating the community, what is human trafficking? I know many of us here have probably seen the movie uh, Sound of Freedom, which is out in theaters right now. And that really um, goes into children um, that have been trafficked um, in other parts of the world. But um, it's a really profound movie. And we hope and pray that, the, and we know the Lord is using it to um, motivate people um, because Human trafficking is happening in, in America. And so quick, real quick by a show of hands, when I talk about human trafficking, or if you hear someone mention human trafficking without me being here first today, would anyone think of America first? Who would think of America when it comes to human trafficking before thinking overseas? Okay. It's a good amount, maybe half. Yeah, so when we think of human trafficking, we think of it happening overseas, but it is happening in America. Over 70% of victims of human trafficking in America are uh, American citizens. And we know uh, in this nation and around, around the entire world, women and girls are most affected um, with um, the average age that girls enter trafficking in America is 12 years old. 12, 13, 14 years old. So we're gonna uh, really talk today about how you, um, in your 116 hours, uh, in that awake time, how you can get involved in local ministries in your, commu in your community because we need you uh, with us. And so again, Free was founded on, on that community awareness prevention work with youth, um, equipping them with the tools that they need to stay safe in their communities and to stay safe online because we know uh, that's how predators typically uh, target children, at least in 2023. Prayer. So before anything else, we pray. We are a Christ-centered uh, ministry, and it is founded on prayer. And so we are always praying. Uh, my husband, Clark, by the way, sits on the board. Uh, or As a board, we pray continuously um, for not only the ministry, but uh, we, are, we are located in the city of Reading. Um, but uh, Berks County, our region and world, that we would see an end to human trafficking, which can only come by Christ. And so we're, we are always praying at free. And restorative care. And so this is, I don't want to say one of the biggest things that we do, but it, it kind of is right now because we, as you can see up on the screen, have just opened Refuge Home. So we are awaiting our first referral uh, for women to come into the home. This has been a labor, a long labor of love. Um, I'm not going to disclose the location, but we are located in Reading, and we are there to serve adult female survivors of sex trafficking and sexual exploitation. So as Pastor Vern said, whether that's sex trafficking or prostitution, um, there is 
a difference with um, laws federally, but we don't see a difference in that these are women that just need help and they need the love of the Lord. Um, any, any type of um, sexual exploitation. So that's what we're there to do. We've been working on this program for many, many years. We've had training in other parts of the nation by people uh, who are authorities on, on this. Uh, and so we are so grateful to be there and to serve um, uh, women that are, are presenting with complex trauma and really need specific programming, care, and love. We're serving women ages 18 to 28. Uh, it is an 18-month program. And we are just excited to welcome those first women. We can serve up to six women in the home. And so, again, this has been many years in the making. There is a lack of services across this nation, specifically for survivors of trafficking. And so we are grateful that the Lord, uh, in, in speaking with law enforcement a few years ago and hearing how there were no specific services for this population of people. Um, we felt the Lord calling us to uh, take on this endeavor and it has not been easy, but we are here today and we can for certain say it's been not us, but all the Lord. And so that's a little bit, just, just a little fraction of who we are at free. And today we're really going to be talking about serving the kingdom of God in our community. So. Um, running a shelter, we are opened 168 hours a week, so that's 24/7. We are staffed 24/7, so we don't we don't stop um, when you when you run a shelter. But for many of us here today, we we do stop here and there. But we have 168 116 hours during the week that the Lord can use us, um, and He does, and He desires to use us. And many times I tell you, I will often say, "Why me, Lord?" <laughs> Because on paper, I can tell you I don't look like an executive director. But the Lord equips us when he calls us. And I hope today that you will be encouraged to go wherever he's calling you. Um, and so I'm looking forward to breaking that down a little bit. What are you doing with your time? And there's one thing I want us to keep our minds on this morning. As believers, we do not come in and out of ministry. So when I first came to the Lord, I kind of separated when I was doing ministry, volunteering, serving, and my regular life, right? It was two different categories. But as I've matured and grown with the Lord, I realized my life is ministry, right? My life is ministry. Your life is ministry. Now, there may be specific things the Lord calls you to. For me, again, that's anti-human trafficking work. There may be specific ministries the Lord is calling you to. And I hope um, by the end of today, and as you're moving along in the series, uh, I trust, I don't hope, I know the Lord. He's already has that on many of your hearts. Maybe you've not stepped out in it yet, but I pray today is the day you feel the Lord move and you move out in whatever he's calling you to. So no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, your life is ministry to the Lord. You may not be called to be the director of a nonprofit. You may not be called to be a pastor. You might not be called to go to Africa tomorrow. But it, as a believer, you are first called to the Lord. Our ministry goes this way first. And then you're called to go out. Going into the local communities. Going through this region. The Lord has this church planted here locally 
in this geographic area, in this region, for such a time as this. America is a mission field church. America is, is in need, greatly. America is a mission field. The city of Reading and the surrounding areas is a mission field. So there's some verses we're going to go through today. And then in the coming weeks, I pray that we will continue to go through them and reflect on them and pray for them. Uh, Romans 1.16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. This is the hour, church, for us to move forward in boldness. We are not ones that shrink back. We are called to go. So let's start out uh, in James 2, 14 through 26. You can follow along with me if you'd like. I read from the NIV. And I wanted to stop here real quick. Um, this card you're seeing up here, I know uh, some of you know, some, some friends here know who this is. So we used to run a women's drop-in center uh, in downtown Reading. We served women coming in off the street that were um, victims and survivors of um, prostitution, trafficking, when you dig deeper. Um, and exploitation, and one of the women made this card one time, and it says, never give up, you are loved by Jesus. Okay, and so this is, this is who we are serving when we leave the walls of the church. We're, we're, going, we're going to them. So James 2, 14 through 26, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters? If you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions, can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds, but I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God good for you. Even the demons believe that, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete, and so it happened just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. So it is our faith and our good works. Our works do not save us, but our works are an outward demonstration of the spirit of God living within us. Our works show people in whom our faith lies. And when the Lord calls us to something, he equips us to do it. When I first was called to free, 
I doubted my ability to do this work. I kept believing the lie, there's nothing I can do, this is too big for me, I'm not educated enough, I'm not qualified enough. And maybe you are sitting here today and the Lord has put something in your heart to do in the community. I, I want to encourage you he will equip you to do it. And th that's the good thing because we can't take the glory. When we know, when we really know it's not us and we move in humility, right? It's not pride, it's humility. He gets all of the credit. I can tell you for those of us at free, he 100% gets all the credit because for all intents and purposes, we are a bunch of just regular people there doing the will of God. He doesn't wait for perfection. He waits for your willingness to go. He waits for your willingness. That's the obedience, just being willing to go and then he will use you. It's not about how smart you are and the degrees after your name. It's about your willingness to go. Trust the Lord will guide you. He will provide for you. In the Lord's prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we serve the people in our community, we have an opportunity to watch heaven and earth collide. We get to be a part of his will on earth. It's such a privilege, church. It's not our might and our power. It's the only, only by the power of the Spirit of God working within us. He's still moving today. He's still working in signs and wonders and miracles today. I believe, I personally believe human trafficking is one of the worst crimes against human beings. And I also believe this is the work of the church. Okay, this is not just a social justice issue. This is a kingdom issue. And we need to be on the front lines because I can tell you the enemy's on the front lines. So we need to be a step ahead because we know the one we serve and he has the victory and he calls us to be on the front lines with him, with him as his hands and his feet. There are other local ministries that need you, the body of Christ, on the front lines with them. Ministries that serve the homeless, the drug addicted, people in need of food and basic necessities, ministries that serve children living in poverty, anti-human trafficking ministries, pregnancy crisis ministries, prison ministries. Where do you see yourself personally and as a body. You have been given time, you've been given resources, and you've been given gifts to use in those 116 hours that you are awake and moving throughout your day. As the director of a local ministry, I can tell you we can't do this work without the body of Christ. It's, it's impossible. We need the church. How can Grace Church bring the gospel to life in Reading and in this region unashamedly, right? Unashamedly and in boldness. 
right now in this season, you have been and you will continue to be discipled and equipped to go. Life is so short, the older I get, man, life is short. But the Lord gives us time to fulfill his good plans and purposes. And it's, it's getting harder, church. I've been doing this work for 10 years. And I can tell you just recently, there is more pushback on the fact that we are a Christian ministry. But that's okay. We're not going to compromise the gospel. You can, we can't compromise. So go forth in boldness without compromising who Christ is, because we know he's the only way, truth, and life. Love your neighbor as yourself. Mark 12, 29 through 31. The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, to love your neighbor as yourself, there is no commandment greater than these. So again, loving the Lord and loving others. So we come together, like today on a Sunday, we worship the Lord, we're praying, we're praising him, we're spending time in the word all the time, as we should be. So we love each other within this church and we're serving within the church, we have different ministries, you know, we have children's ministry, adult ministry, the tech team, I heard you talking about prayer ministry. I had people praying with me, right? That prayer, that's, that's everything. Um, women's ministry, men's ministry, there's all kinds of ministry within the church, but we have to leave the walls of the church. We have to serve our neighbors. It's not just focusing on what's happening here. Yes, we come together and we remember all that the Lord has done and we come together as a family and a community and we are reminded and we worship Jesus. But it's not just what's happening in here, it's who is out there. Who is out there that we can pull in, that we can rescue, that we can put a hand out, that we can tell them about the Lord. There's so many people that don't know the Lord. There's people dying without the Lord. That should break our hearts. We have this treasure and we cannot keep it to ourselves. We have to go out. We have to leave the walls of the church. In Matthew 25, 35 through 40, the Lord says, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me and I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for, the, for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. He goes on to say, what you didn't do for them, you didn't do for him. Jesus has such a heart for the oppressed, for the least of these, for the marginalized. He truly does. How will they know if we do not go to them? If we don't show them through acts of service? 
How will they hear him if we do not go and tell them? There's no hope without him. There was a time in my own life where it seemed like everything was being stripped away from me. And the solace that I had was you can take everything away from me, but you can't take Jesus away from me. So we can go bring that. We can bring Christ to people who have quite literally have nothing. There are so many people in Reading who have nothing. We are carriers of the promise and hope of the world. We carry him with us. We get to bring him with us and let people know through words and action that in Christ they can be set free. There are people in prison right now who know Christ and they're more free than people out here. We, ha- we have to love each other well first in here, then we can go. And we have to lay it down at the foot of the cross. We have to lay down the things down at the foot of the cross when we go out, before we go out. And this is something the Lord's been speaking to me about recently, and I felt led to share, share that here. Um, but we cannot, as a, as a body, we cannot walk around with a spirit of offense. And I'm talking to myself, too. Ministry is hard. We have to constantly put our hearts before the Lord because it is not easy. We cannot walk around with a spirit of offense. We must lay it at the feet of Christ. We don't love like the world. We love like Jesus. It's a biblical love. It's love with truth. It's both that go together. Jesus says, you are forgiven, but he also says, go and sin no more. He's raising his church up in holiness so we can live life, our lives on fire. And that starts with a purity and a burning away of the things that need to go, church. When we go out and serve in the community, we can't have one foot here and one foot there. We have to be all in. We have to be all in. It's a surrendering of your life. There are hurting people everywhere. Women we have served over the years, they have shared parts of their story with me. And I can tell you it's it's nothing I ever thought I would hear in my life. The amount of trauma and the things that people have walked through in their lives. Horrible things, evil. We see it all around the world. Evil. People often ask me, when will we see an end to human trafficking? And my answer is always when people are set free by Jesus. This includes traffickers and the ones fueling the demand. They're out there too. They're in, they're in Reading and the surrounding, surrounding communities. We, we need to go to them too. Many years ago, when I would pray for victims of trafficking, I would never pray for, I would never pray for the traffickers or the ones fueling the demand. And the Lord convicted me and said, "No, you need to pray for them too, Andrea. We need to be praying for them as well. That's how we end human trafficking when we stop the demand. If there's no more demand, there's no more need to sell people." 
right? You can have someone that's a drug trafficker, they sell that drug one time and they have to buy more drugs, but you can sell a human being over and over and over again. It's a really lucrative business that people are exploiting. Pray, church, for the traffickers and the ones fueling the demand that they would come to know Christ. We carry the hope of Jesus, and how will they know unless we go and tell them? It's not about our comfort. Again, the Lord called me to this work 10 years ago, and if I'm being fully transparent and honest with you, I've not been comfortable since. It's not about our comfort. It will not be easy. It's messy. It's hard. People, we're, we're messy, but the Lord has grace for us, right? We all have issues. and We all have stuff. But the Lord can set us free from that. Leviticus 23, 22 says, when you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Leave them for the poor and for the foreigner residing among you. I am the Lord, your God. Make no mistake, the Lord's heart is for the poor and hurting. We cannot wait for them to come to us. We must go to them. Loving our neighbors as ourselves, we also have to love ourselves well, not in a prideful way, not in a sinful way, not in a self-indulgent way, but in a way of understanding who we are as sons and daughters of the king. It's hard to love others when we don't even love ourselves. It's hard to love others when we don't see how God loves us. There's nothing you've done in the past or right now. There's nothing you have walked through that the blood of Christ cannot cover. There's nothing here that separates you from his love when you are in him. And there's nothing you've walked through that, that prohibits you from going out and serving someone else. Because the very things you have walked through, the thing that the enemy tried to take you out is the very thing the Lord will use to go help someone else. Because that's what he does. He works, all, he works it all together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purposes. So those very things that the enemy meant to destroy you with are, is the very thing the Lord is going to use to move his kingdom forth in this world, in this nation, in this region, in this county, in these neighborhoods, and within this church. Your testimony is so powerful. Someone out there needs to hear it. Revelation 12, 11 says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. When Jesus met the woman at the well, he first went through Samaria. The Jews at this time did everything possible to not travel through Samaria, right? Because they were considered unclean. Not only was she a Samar from Samaria, but she was a woman. But Jesus walked right through to her, to that well. If Jesus in the flesh was here right now, he would be out there. He'd be with the people, the hurting, the broken, the and the lost. He would be with the sinners. Not doing what they do. 
not doing what they do, but doing what the father told him. Do we understand the impact we have for the kingdom when we go to the darkest places and bring the light of Jesus? Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do we Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That's Matthew 5, 14 through 16. As we bring Jesus to our communities and we start to focus on serving our neighbors, we can expect challenges and hardship but we can trust the Lord as we step out in faith to shine his light to the people around us. Uh, Jesus gives us a true picture of what true fasting looks like um, in Isaiah 58. And, And scripture says, is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. It is not, is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood, then your light, then, that's a really important word, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. Man, do we need that. May we be people that repair broken walls and bring restoration to the streets around us. Uh, The commentary in my Bible says this regarding these verses. It says, we cannot be saved by deeds of service without faith in Christ, but our faith lacks sincerity if it doesn't reach out to others. Fasting can be beneficial spiritually and physically, but at its best, fasting helps only the person doing it. God says he wants our service to go beyond our own personal growth to acts of kindness, charity, justice, and generosity. True fasting is more than what we don't eat. It is pleasing, it is pleasing God by applying his word to our society. What are you doing with your 116 hours? We do not come in and out of ministry. Our lives are ministry. Serving with local organizations out there serving. Uh, Maybe there's something the Lord's putting on your heart that's not already happening out there. Uh, Please feel free. Uh, I'll be at the table. My husband will be there. We can talk to you. We can pray with you. My my husband sitting here, I don't, don't want to call him out, but 
you know, he, he really has a heart for bringing ministry to the marketplace. And so you might be sitting here today saying, well, Andrea, I'm at work all day. You know, there's some, some places out there where, you know, it's super, super, super secular. <laughs> but you can still bring Christ to the marketplace. When you're at work, that doesn't mean you're, you're still a believer. You're still that life on fire. Ask the Lord for his wisdom and discernment and strategy of what you can do in your marketplace, where you work your job to bring the gospel into your, into your place of employment with the people you work with. So again, you might be sitting here thinking, well, what am I to do? And I just quickly wanted to share a short story, and it's not to elevate myself, but it's to elevate the Lord. So many years ago, you know, we have one of those memberships to like BJ's Costco's, one of those stores you can go in and get bulk everything. And I was going in, it was a rainy day. I was going in with my daughter. And the second I walked into the store so clearly, the Lord said, Shelly. And I just was like, Shelly. So now I'm walking through the store. I'm looking at all of the employees. I'm looking at their name tags. I'm like, who is Shelly, Lord? Where, where is Shelly? What do you want me to say to Shelly? What do you want me to do with Shelly? But he just kept saying, Shelly. And I said, Lord, I, I will do whatever you want me to do. That's not always comfortable, right? But we, we want to always be listening. There's, there's times I can say it, but I want to encourage you. You hear his voice because you are one of his sheep and the sheep know his voice. And, they, and he doesn't just talk to some of his children. For those of us with children in here, I don't just talk to some of my kids. I talk to all of my kids. So if you're sitting here saying today, I don't hear him, you do hear him. Put yourself in a posture where you just sit with him. You t train yourself and you hear his voice. You hear his voice. So Shelly, Shelly, Shelly. And I'm like, there's no Shelly here, Lord. Maybe she was here at some point. I'll just pray for Shelly. Maybe she's coming in later once I leave the store. I don't know. So I do my shopping. I'm with my daughter. I tell her, I, there's a Shelly. And of course, she's always like, oh, mom. Like, you know, she's young. She was younger. She's not as young now, but she, she knows me by now. So I get to the register and... Um, I, I, I move up and the woman at the register, her back was turned. She turned around and looked at me and what do you think her name tag says? I was like, oh my gosh, right? Shelly. And I was like, what, do you, what am I to do? And so I just said, Shelly, this might sound crazy, but when I came into this store today, God put your name on my heart. And I don't know what's going on, but can I pray for you? And she didn't want prayer in that moment. And I said, that's okay. We don't have to pray right now, but I want you to know that God sees you and I'm praying for you. And her head was down and when she looked up, her eyes were filled with tears. Church, this is what we're doing in the 116 hours that we're awake. It's not just here. It's not just, oh, I'm going to serve at a food pantry today, but now I'm done. No, our lives are poured out to the Lord, and it's not our comfort. 
What impact are you making in your 116 hours? What is the Lord asking you to do? What has he put on your heart maybe for years? And today he's saying, I'm equipping you to go. Gather people and go. People out there need to be healed and transformed. We can go out and bring healing ministries, deliverance ministries, prayer ministries. The Samaritan women, despite the shame she carried to the well, when she left, she wasn't carrying that shame anymore because she encountered Christ. That shame left and she boldly went and declared who this Jesus was that she encountered. The same Christ that we have encountered. Now go and boldly declare who he is to a lost and hurting world so they can be set free. Um, I'd like to pray for you, but I don't know, I don't know the time we have, but maybe we can have a little opportunity to come up uh, to, the, to the altar, if you would like, to pray, to, to, to place things at the feet of the Lord and to ask him, where are you calling me in my community, God? And maybe lay some, some stuff down that the Lord is saying, it's time to let it go so we can be about my business. So let me pray, and then maybe we can have a little time of um, coming up. I don't know if the worship team would play something a little bit. or Yeah, so let's pray. Mm -hmm. Father God, I lift up Grace Church to you, God. I pray, God, that you would move in this church, Lord, in such a way that this, that this community, God, that this region, God, would be set on fire for you, God. That revival would start in this church and go out to the streets, God. That people in this area would be set free, God. Lord, I pray right now you would put on people's hearts where you want them to go, what you want them to do. Put on their hearts what they need to lay down at your feet today, God. Not con no condemnation, God. We thank you that there's no condemnation in you. But Lord, you want to raise us up to a place of holiness and purity before you. Lord, I pray that you would set them on fire, that they would have an impact, that your word would go forth from this church, God. We thank you for what you're doing and what you're going to continue to do. We bless your name. Thank you, Lord. You can have our time, our gifts, our resources. You can have it all, God. Have your way in and through this church, God, in and through these people that you've called here for such a time as this. May you be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.